You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist podcast, episode number 109, Black and White Thinking. (laughs) All right, y'all. I'm so glad to be back and talking with you this week. Welcome if you're new and welcome back if you've been here before. So glad to have you. Um, A couple of announcements before we get started. Um, The first thing is, is that I've had a lot of people messaging me or emailing or reaching out and asking about um, the next Happy Gynecologist group. Uh, We just, we actually just started uh, the, the most recent group uh, this past week. And so it's been you know, really good start. And um, it's been exciting times, I think, of of getting to, to start having calls with the new group and continuing on with um, our current members. And so um, I think that there's been, you know, a lot of people um, curious about the group and like wondering about it and maybe even feeling a little bit um, like they missed out on this last group. So if you are one of those people, I want you to know that I, I did convert the website over so you can go and save your spot for the next group if you missed out on this one. Um, and so if you're like, dang it, I missed out and now I'm regretting that and I have FOMO, like it's no big deal. Just go and you can save your spot for the next group, which is probably going to be starting um, on January 16th. So if you're like, yes, I know I need to do this for myself. I know that, you know, things aren't going to get any easier and, you know, with the holidays and everything coming up and um, as we go through the next couple months, I'm going to need some support. This is a great opportunity because you can um, save your spot and you can even ask your your partner or your spouse or, you know, even do it for yourself for a holiday gift for yourself. So um, all you have to do is go over to the website coach-miles.com forward slash enroll and you can place your dis- your deposit there to save your spot for um, for the uh, January group. So yes, you can have a spot. It's coming soon again, okay? <laughs> Don't worry. It will be limited though. So I mean, we do have to, we have to cap it. Um, and I'm not sure how many um, total I haven't calculated, but it's probably going to be um, around seven total in this next group again. So, um, that we're, we're able to take because I can only take on so many and keep it a great culture and keep it, you know, I I still work full time too, (laughs) y'all. So, uh, we want to keep it small and intimate and fun and supportive and just like the, the people that feel like home and that you can open up to. So that's, that's what we're creating. And that's, so we do have to limit it. So, um, so yep, that is coming up. So, definitely go check that out, coach-miles.com forward slash enroll um, if you want to save your spot or have, you know, someone in your life save your spot for you for Christmas or um, any other holiday you might celebrate, okay? All right. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so that is that. And then the next thing um, that I have had a couple of questions about, there are you know, if you're, if you're needing more help right now, um, there are hours of free help for me on my website as well. So go over there, um, coach-miles.com and click around. There's a free resource button and you'll find all kinds of help there. Okay. So hours of free help on the website and, um, an opportunity to save your seat for the next group. Okay. All right, y'all. I'm so glad to be back here today talking to you about a topic that I've really been thinking about a lot, um, reading about a lot, researching about a lot, and seeing not only in my own life, but also in, you know, my clients' lives and the people I interact with, um, 
in my day job or, you know, even even out there that are reaching out, those of you that reach out and um, that chat with me or find me on social media. Um, and that is this concept of black and white thinking. And so whenever I say that, I mean like, you know, if we're talking about a very limited view of the world, like it's either black or white, kind of like a photograph, right? Like, so if, if it's a photograph and it's only black or white, <laughs> you know, there's no grayscale, there's no color, then it's going to be a much more you know, a uh, limited view of whatever that photograph is, okay? And so black and white thinking, it's also known as all or nothing thinking, um, dichotomous thinking, you know, it's this concept that that there are thought patterns that we can slip into where we believe that there are only two extremes. And I think that we tend to slip into this whenever we are... Um, definitely whenever we're dealing with burnout, but it can also be seen in people with depression and anxiety or other, you know, um, mental health disorders. Um, we, in the very, very extreme version of this, you can see it in like, like uh, borderline personality disorder, right? Like where there's a splitting where somebody um, labels everything as all good or all bad, right? And that's not, we're not talking about having a personality disorder or relating ourselves as, you know, BPD patients, nothing like that. But whenever we are in times of stress or maybe even fight or flight or even a chronic fight or flight like burnout, then our brain has this way of slipping into this black and white thinking. And the problem with it is that it can really make things not not as great, okay? It can make things seem more impossible, okay? And so, you know, it can be, you know, black and white thinking. What what I mean in in that as well is we can we can think things are all good or all bad. We can love it or hate it. We can see things as only being successful or failing, right? It's like there's these only two options and they're usually opposite extremes. And so whenever we have this lack of gray area, we will often have this lack of the ability to see that there are solutions, number one. Like we can't see that there is an actual solution that's in between success and failure, (laughs) okay? Or, you know, we think that there's only two options. Like I either have to do this or quit my job, you know? Like it's, we, we tend to think it's, just all or nothing. And so we can't see that maybe there is a gray area in between that actually contains solutions. Our brains are stuck and they can't see that. And whenever we do that, it also comes with a lack of self-compassion or the ability to kind of give yourself or others in your life grace um, or benefit of the doubt, if you'd rather call it that. And so this can make the situations in your life seem really impossible. They can, you can feel really stuck. It can be overly negative. Like there's no good solution. And it really closes our brains to be able to see that it's number one, not all that bad, but number two, that we are, you know, not stuck. We are not trapped. We are not, you know, backed into a corner, which this type of thinking can sometimes make us feel. Um, And 
the problem too is that like whenever we think it's all or nothing, success or failure, and we don't have the ability to tap in to um, self-compassion as easily or the self-grace or the benefit of the doubt, um, then we become kind of stuck in shame or blame or judgment or criticism of ourselves or sometimes others. But whenever I'm talking about this, usually it's concerning ourselves. Okay. So what I want to tell you about is a story that um, happened to me and where I saw this um, in my early days of practice out of residency. I was operating a lot and I, you know, was in a very small town where there was a lot of pathology and a lot of people that needed a lot of help. And I did a hysterectomy on someone that ended up getting converted into an abhist. And at the end, I consulted urology and they gave me the green light, said, yep, looks good. They, they, while well, I did the cysto and, um, turns out she had a couple complications and, um, this is kind of a hypothetical, um, mix. And so I'm mixing up details, maybe combining two patients here, y'all. So this isn't even a real person, but, um, <laughs> for, for any legal matters or people that might be like holding their breath legally, um, this is all, you know, it's kind of a mix of, of things. So, but, but what ended up happening is she, um, had, two complications, one of which was a wound infection and one of which was a, um, a, uh, like a fistula, a bladder fistula. So a vesicovaginal fistula. And what, <laughs> you know, looking back now, I know what the facts are, right. And I know that, um, you know, the, that I did the best I could with what I had, but, you know, at that time, the story in my head was, oh my gosh, like I operated on this lady and she had not one, but two complications. And, um, she had to, you know, have another, uh, another couple of procedures and she was really upset and she didn't heal well. And she had a really hard time. And, um, it was, you know, weeks and weeks of, of trying to take good care of her and get her to the right people and trying to get her wound, um, improved and healed and, um, and then also sending her to Eurogyne and, and the follow-up from that, um, which they were so kind to help me out. Um, and so again, I love my Eurogynies. <laughs> I think I talked about that last episode. I love all of my specialists, of course. Um, but I have, I have mad respect for all of y'all. So, um, but so at that time, whenever this all went down, you know, she came back a week later and, had a pretty significant um, wound infection. And I just remember, um, I actually, uh, my nurse actually ended up taking pictures of it because I was, I think I was on vacation and um, sending them to me. And, and I looked at them and I was like, oh, this is not, this is not good. You know, this is not good at all. And so being in a small town, I ended up sending her to one of my general surgery buddies who, cause I didn't have a partner at that time. And, um, and he took such good care of her with getting her a wound vac, but it was, um, definitely kind of a struggle. Um, and it ended up ruining like a vacation for me because I was so upset. I was, 
um, basically spiraling out in this like shame spiral of, I have failed. This is failure. This is, um, this is shameful. I am a bad surgeon. I am a, like a terrible human being. I've, you know, um, made this lady really at high risk of, of, you know, being very sick. I, you know, I put all of that, that was the story that my brain, um, was kind of giving me or, or that I was indulging in one or the other. Um, and at that time, you know, I couldn't see that it, like there was a, there was a gray area maybe, or, um, I couldn't see that there was any way out of this. I really felt, um, very responsible, very, to blame, I felt like a terrible human being um, for causing this. I basically blamed myself. And so it was kind of all or nothing in that or black and white in that. Um, I I even was like, there's no way um, I can recover from this. I, I said that a lot I to myself. I, there's no way I can, I can operate like this again. How am I ever going to do this? And so I was kind of stuck in this like, you know, this was a failure there was no success because it wasn't perfect. And, um, you know, how am I ever going to, you know, operate again? And so it just kind of kept like spiraling even because I was really stuck in that this, this not only was this catastrophic thing, um, but, <laughs> but that there was no, um, gray area here. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is now looking back, here are the facts. Okay. <laughs> what this patient didn't tell me was that she was a chain smoker. <laughs> she left that part out whenever I asked her in her pre-op HMP and I got multiple calls on her on the post-op floor that they couldn't get her to stay in her room and she like was literally probably smoking four packs a day. <laughs> four packs a day. You know how much time it takes to smoke four packs a day? <laughs> like chain smoking. She ended up leaving AMA out of uh, the post-op uh, surgery floor on day one because she was downstairs and they said, you have to come up here. And so we can, you know, do the things we're supposed to do, check you out. <laughs> we're supposed to be like watching you. And um, she ended up leaving AMA. And so the facts are, are that she was smoking four packs a day and she had not provided me with that information and, in fact, had hidden that information from me. And so, in hindsight, those were part of the facts, too. But my brain didn't take that into consideration as being um, a part of this clinical picture. You know, the clinical picture in my brain's, you know, story of how this went down was that I'm a terrible surgeon and I'm to blame. <laughs> Okay. And so it was, you know, a very, um, it was a very trying time because of this black and white or all or nothing failure versus success type thinking. Okay. And I didn't realize at the time, like looking back now, I'm like, you know, like, well, of course, like I'm, I'm, we could have been probably a lot worse <laughs> if I, you know, she could have had a lot worse complications actually with anesthesia had I known all that. But um, anyway, it's like looking back, I can see that there's a lot more details in the story than what my brain is giving me. Okay. And so what I want you to know 
is that often whenever our brains will try and make it black and white, like yes or no, good or bad, there's not all the details of like, oh yeah, but we have to account for this. There's not the details that actually are the gray area that help us realize like, oh, okay, this is not all of my fault. <laughs> okay, there is there is some um, some other evidence here that maybe, maybe part of it was that she wasn't very healthy. And so, um, you know, I'm not blaming her in any way, of course, but, it, you know, that's that clinical scenario may not have been the best, uh, most optimal one to, um, you know, have an operation like this. So anyway, um, so what I want to talk to you then about is, okay, so whenever we're in a situation like this, and maybe it's a case like this that you have and your brain just flips to everything's awful or you know, or it's perfect. <laughs> you know? So if it's not perfect, then everything's awful. Um, and that's kind of what happens whenever we have a complication, I think a lot. But, you know, there are other situations that I hear about so often, or I see at my day job, or I see uh, my friends or my colleagues going through where we kind of slip into, oh, well, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm trapped in this contract. There's no um, changing it. That's just how it is. And we all say stuff like that all the time. And what I've learned recently, and this is, this is, you know, true for my day job as well, is that, you know, we, things happen, things change, things ebb and flow, you know, and what once was a good situation may turn into one that is not as good. And, what our brains do is like label it as terrible, awful, no good, very bad day, right? And so, <laughs> you know, so whenever someone like leaves a practice for say, you know, it's often this very stressful time and maybe people get very um, kind of caught up in trying to survive or trying to trying to preserve like what, you know, autonomy they have. And so, we can kind of slip into like the self-preservation mode. Um, if someone from your practice leaves or something major changes or the call schedule changes, something like that. And then it can be kind of all or nothing. And usually that all or nothing will, will culminate in like, you know, like me versus them, or it will be like, well, I'm just stuck in this. There's no other option. Um, I have to leave or I have to, you know, it has to be like one extreme or the other. And so, um, being around some, you know, some buddies recently that, you know, we all have different practices, just like asking that question, like, but what about the gray area? What if you like went in and, and, and negotiated your, your contract and asked for something in the gray area? Where is that gray area? You know, what would you want that gray area to look like? And if, if you're at the extreme of bad and you think that, you know, the opposite extreme is, you know, perfect, or you think the opposite extreme maybe is, you know, like I have to leave, what's in between, you know, where you are and the other extreme. And to get into that, you know, to tap into that knowledge or to tap into those solutions, I think that I have kind of a um, a set of, of uh, steps here to kind of walk you through that, okay? So the ways to really work on this are 
are number one, we have to acknowledge where we see this show up for us, okay? Um, these thoughts are going to be, you know, things like where we're labeling things as good or bad or, you know, shitty or perfect or, you know, like where are you putting labels on things of being good or bad? And this may be kind of sneaky too, okay? So I want you to watch out because when you it may show up as kind of the way you beat yourself up as well. Okay. So this can be, we can be talking like external thinking, like where you're like thinking about all the external things, or it can be talking about your internal thoughts about yourself. Okay. And so it can be like something really sneaky, like how you judge yourself, like, like, oh, great. That wasn't really the most responsible thing to do, Amanda. Good job. You know, (laughs) like, like you label yourself either responsible or irresponsible. You label yourself as having your shit together or not having your shit together. You know, that was, that was always one of mine. <laughs> and so like, where are you labeling yourself or others or the circumstances in your outside world as good versus bad? And it may be kind of the, the other more subtle ways of like responsible versus irresponsible or organized versus not organized or something like that just as a way to beat yourself up. So noticing that, and then whenever you do notice that, starting to label that whole thought process as either black and white, all or nothing, um, you know, picking a word that you like, you know, dichotomous thinking, um, labeling that whole process, like whenever you start to see yourself like, oh, I'm just stuck in this, it just is what it is, it's just shitty, the only alternative is, is to quit my job. Like, okay, well, that whole thought process is very all or nothing. Like taking a step backwards and recognizing, yep, that is a black and white thought or an all or nothing thought. And then whenever you um, notice that or you feel like you're stuck within that, then taking a step back further and getting some like higher perspective on it, meaning like almost like separating yourself from that. So you can do that by like writing it all down um, and then, you know, really asking some questions about it. I like to think about like being the nosy little kid that's like asking all kinds of questions about it. Like what happened? Oh, is that true? You know, like what are the facts? Um, you know, what are you making this situation mean about you? <laughs> because that's a big one. Um, what else might be happening? What are other solutions? What are other options? Is that really the only two options and just asking yourself some of those like why questions almost like a little a little kid would like why 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 right and you know once you are able to um, really question that and answer those you know asking yourself what's the gray area is a great question what are all of the in-between solutions that I haven't thought of what are all the things in between where I'm at and where I think it should be. Okay. Asking yourself some of those kind of gray area questions can be super helpful because you have to recognize first, this is what's going on. Take a step back from it. You know, another option, you know, to get some perspective would be to talk with, you know, a colleague about it, talk with a friend about it, talk with a therapist or a coach. Um, and just like talking out loud and getting like a different perspective on it sometimes is helpful too. And I think that's what's, you know, super helpful with coaching sometimes is that we um, are able to really take a step back and, and put our story out there that our brain is giving us. And then our coach is like, 
yeah, but what about, you know, and helping you see that there is that gray area. And then once you have that perspective that this is my all or nothing thinking, this is my black or white thinking um, that I'm seeing play out here, questioning that, then you can start to really look at whether this line of thinking or this thought process is really serving you, whether it's really helping you. Um, and maybe even asking yourself some more questions like, you know, what if it's not either or? What if it's, you know, somewhere in the middle? What if it's yes and? What if it's both? Okay. Um, what are five other ways to look at this? What are, you know, 10 possible solutions that could be in between these things? Asking yourself to find the kind of in-between space. Like what are the other details I'm missing here whenever I only look at it with the two extremes? Okay, what are the other you know, components of this story that I am not including or I need to take into consideration? Um, and, you know, then asking yourself, you know, what, what would progress look like, you know, versus just perfection? What, what if it's, you know, um, you know, something that I'm overlooking in the details here, you know, asking yourself just all kinds of questions and seeing if you can find a better way to think about it. And then just asking yourself, you know, what are five other ways to think about this? And from that place, you're able to come up with those solutions because you are not in the middle of it. You've taken a step back um, by saying, yep, this is this is black and white thinking right here. I, I recognize that. You're taking another step back because you've written it down or you've talked with a coach about it um, and you've really questioned it. And then you're taking a step back further of like, okay, but what are all the possible like good things or the possible solutions in between these two extremes, okay? And so I think that those are kind of the three steps, recognizing it, getting some distance and perspective from it, and then figuring out how you want to move forward. What are the solutions? What's a better thought? Um, because had I, you know, done that, what I would have, you know, back with my patient, you know, if I had recognized that, I probably would have spent a lot less time. I mean, this was like weeks and weeks. I was not only tore up on my vacation emotionally, I came back and was just like a ball of shame. And it would have <laughs> it would have been a lot easier to take care of this patient and my other patients had I been able to manage my mind at that time and get some of that like perspective, okay? And so had I like paused and said, okay, hold up. Amanda, this is this is black and white thinking right here. Um, and then taking a step back, what are all the details? Let me write down what my brain's saying. Let me write this story down that my brain has. And then like really asking, you know, like what am I missing here? What are the other things that I need to consider? What, you know, oh, she smokes four packs a day here. <laughs> okay, it makes sense that we're having trouble, right? Like then I wouldn't have that sense of, I am to blame. I've caused harm. I have done this because I'm a terrible person. You know, I wouldn't have had that sense of shame that there's something wrong with me for causing this. You know, I wouldn't have been blaming and shaming myself. And then, then I would have been able to look at like, okay, well, she's a chain smoker. So we're going to do our best to help her through this and help her heal. You know, I think I would have been much more future focused of like, you know what, like this is, it's unfortunate that she didn't tell me this um, ahead of time. <laughs> we probably could have discussed other options, but this is the reality that we're dealing with right now. You know, I think I would have been able to 
in that moment, have some compassion for her and myself um, because I definitely wasn't able to access either of those. I actually had a lot of anger um, as well towards her, um, which, you know, wasn't fair to her. Um, but now, you know, the, it, it was it was almost an anger of like making me feel so terrible. I was blaming her um, and this situation for that. And now that I'm like past it, I can see it's like, you know, it's just the... The people are peopling again, right? The humans are doing their human thing. Um, they always surprise me. They, you know, I've never failed to be surprised by what humans do. And so it, it would be one of those things. And so I think that had I known these three steps of like recognizing it, getting some distance and perspective, questioning it, and, um, and then like reframing it or picking, you know, a new thought or finding solutions from that place, you know, I think that I, if I'd had these kind of, this kind of framework, I would have wasted a lot less of my mental energy, emotional energy, all the things. And so, um, I want you guys to try that. I want you, the next time you notice that your brain is all or nothing, black or white, good or bad, label it, say, this is, this is black or white thinking right here, this whole thought process, and then write it down. Um, write out the whole story that your brain is giving you because our brains give us a story. They fill in the details. They um, really kind of give us the facts that they think are, you know, our brains think are important for survival, right? So they usually give us the negative facts only. And we don't often get to consider that there's other factors at play. So write it all down and then ask, what's missing from this? What are the other details? What um, other things do I need to consider here? What are the other facts? Is this the true story? Um, is there more that I need to consider here? Is this really 100% true and accurate? Um, and how do I know that? You know, did someone actually say that they were mad at me or am I just assuming they were, you know, like that kind of thing, right? Um, and so really hash out what is 100% fact and then start asking yourself about what are some of those possible solutions that that are in that gray area, okay? Let me know how it goes. I can't wait to hear. And if you're one of those peeps that have been reaching out to me, go get your spot for January, okay? I've opened it up for you, just for you. So <laughs> I, I hope to see you soon. All right, y'all. I will talk to you guys next week. And I hope that this episode helps. I think it really will. I've seen so much of this. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.